students today i'll be talking about james bond uh, the whole movie industry and uh, what kind of propaganda movies james bond movies were uh, for so many years you know mgm's james bond it has uh, brilliantly fascinated audiences all over the world it's not just a british audience or an american audience it's audiences from all over the world and it has been the series james bond series has been one of the successful franchises and it completely uh, the books which were written the text of iron flaming consisted of too many realistic elements which differed in the movie series which differed in the movie franchise because the movie franchise had to cater to a wider audience to a larger audience and it had to cater to the ideological issues or sociological issues of the particular time period on which the movies got released for example <clears throat> the 1960s james bond movies represented it, the social issues the ideological issues of the time period 1960s 1970s james bond movie, uh, movies represented the ideological ideological issues the social issues of 1970 1980s represented 1980s time era so in the same way and now daniel craig's james bond movies represent the 21st century issues or the 21st century <clears throat> themes one can say <clears throat> so uh, there have been famous examples of propaganda movie on which james bond movies are considered to be following uh, for example uh, you know sajai einstein's battleship potemkin these type of movies so uh, what kind of a compromise these bond movies make uh, <clears throat> to between uh, you know the new latest cinema technology and then the whole sponsorship bit of the uh, greatest hollywood moguls of hollywood or uh, the state sponsored propaganda machine because if what do you mean by propaganda you understand that if someone is um, spreading information someone is endorsing some kind of an opinion so what kind of propaganda the state ventured out to make through movies like james bond okay so this is what we are discussing today <clears throat> so the name is bond this is the famous dialogue and james bond movies are quite famous and uh, but iron flaming did not uh, imagine james bond in the way the movie james bond turned out to be um iron flaming had not given this uh, you know description of james bond being the super spy which the james bond movies definitely established the tag the brand of the super spy james bond movies um technically and successfully and emotionally all Uh, you know they all established this tag or the brand super spy <clears throat> so uh, as you all know uh, hollywood movies started coming out from 1920s silent movies and all that and at that point of time 1920s you can very well understand the time period was um, <clears throat> the world wars uh, the industrial revolution how the economies were suffering the dictatorship or the democracies so all these propaganda movies were definitely screened sponsored and uh, you know uh, encouraged by the governments autocratic governments of the 20th century one can say so <clears throat> there was world war 2 and at that point of time movie industry was also very much uh, rising up so movie industry 
<clears throat> encourage such movies because movies were the medium which was uh, watched by so many people okay so uh, the us film industries you know uh, why they inflated this propaganda machine uh, in james bond why they encouraged this propaganda machine in james bond and uh, why the hero was pitted against uh, you know political bogeyman uh, why the hero was pitted against the political bogeyman means why uh, james bond being a british spy was pitted against soviet union or ussr the cold war scenario <clears throat> so a little bit of these issues which we are discussing today uh, so uh, what do you mean by propaganda propaganda is right from the beginning of chanakya's time and all uh, and but movies should be separate from propaganda because movies tell you a story yet movies became a solid medium of propaganda okay and uh, like german movies triumph of the will and hollywood's 1977 born movie the spy who loved me so uh, you know and all these movies represented the countries in a very very positive light james bond movies represented great britain in a positive light so the nazi propaganda movie which i'm talking about triumph of the will so it actually represented germany in a very positive light so uh, the spy who loved me <clears throat> actually was trying to encourage people to love britain to love great britain so and its opening sequence shows roger moore's bond bedding a covert russian spy before he's chased on skis through the austrian alps by three assassins same way in from russia with love james bond will sleep with tatiana who is a russian so um you know a western or a british man sleeping with a russian women represents what british or uh, the you know superpowers ascendancy or dominance over uh, ussr or russia so uh, <clears throat> uh, you know all these elements are what we are looking at so uh, bond mocks the others as he skis of a sheer ledge thousands of feet high pulls the cord on his parachute which opens to reveal a huge union jack flag in all its glory so bond is doing stunts in spy who loved me but his flag the nation's flag the british flag is uh, revealing in all its glory so these movies definitely uh, showed a focus towards great patriotism and a strong propaganda these movies were not at all uh, you know neutral the way the text the books were neutral the way the james bond books were neutral in some sense not in totality but in some senses but the movies were completely propagandist the movies were completely not neutral okay so uh, the james bond has become one of the most popular and enduring cultural phenomena of the past half century you know it represents culture james bond movies or james bond books are not only text or movies it represents culture as i said it represents the socio political condition the ideology the mindset of the particular eras and fleming's 12 novels two short story it spawned a multi billion dollar movie franchise and it is one of the longest running in history you know one can never remember a <clears throat> movie franchise which is started from 1960s onwards and still continuing it has given us so many memorable characters and so many quotes james bond movies quotes uh, are so famous bond james bond 
you know this is the way uh, so by continually adapting ian fleming's novels into movies that touched on cultural concerns of the time you know and which is combining with the use of propagandistic tactics bond franchise was able to capture the imagination of the west so culture plus propaganda this is the formula winning formula of james bond movies <coughs> then their first uh, uh, you know 007 was doctor number <clears throat> and um, you know albert brokerly harry selsman uh, they had this such long budget and everything and doctor number achieved impressive box office results you know but the team strat- strategy for their second uh, bond movie which is based on fleming's fifth novel in the series paved the way for the enormous popularity the franchise came to enjoy <clears throat> okay so uh, you know at that point of time uh, 1950s americans had been bombarded with anti communist reds under the bed propaganda and all these uh, aspects were dominating those james bond movies the low point at that point of time what was happening was cuban missile crisis of 1962 when the relationship between ussr and us was strained almost to a breaking point so 1963 release of from russia with love could not have come at a better time uh what the movie represented it represented all the traits of a typical propaganda movie bond played by sean connery was the idealistic cold war hero a quietly charming classically handsome english gentleman whose self-assuredness and serious patriotism struck precisely the right chord with western audiences so people started identifying themselves with bond they wanted to be a hero like bond you know they wanted to be a hero for the country a patriotic soldier like bond for the country and they wanted to fight off the enemy and the enemy was definitely ussr russia and the whole scenario which was uh, happening at that point of time the cold war which had been triggered off at that point of time <clears throat> sean connery's uh, representing bond appealed to both uh, men and women and while the soviets or the russians were appear you know they were shown as ruthless ruthless calculative manipulative but flawed enemies so um and uh, under the guise of counter intelligence agency in russia with love known as smarsh this is an acronym of two russian words you know which is loosely translated as death to spies you know so it represented kgb now soviets are depicted as so underhanded that they use the fairer sex the women to do their dirty work uh so either which is played by tatiana romanova uh which was played on screen by daniela bianchi or the sinister rosa club lotte linia who played rosa club so rosa club is an ex smersh agent and who is working for what evil specter organization and that specter is totally hell bent on uh, initiating a nuclear war between ussr and britain so this movie from russia with love it capitalizes on the anti soviet sentiment of the age and it played a significant role in reinforcing the western media's depiction of the evil communist empire you know it completely endorses this uh, notion or it completely branded russia as the evil communist empire which was waiting to pounce on any weakness or division shown by the us or its allies so this is how the propaganda machinery works when you uh, show 
the enemy in such a negative light in such a way that it comes it completely establishes itself in your mind than that the other party that the enemy is a devil or a demon so here russia or ussr was shown in such a way in a such a demonic way in james bond movies that it completely made people believe that ussr was a enemy which had to be tackled down ussr had to be eliminated so uh, given the commercial motivation that was driving the bond production team uh, it is hardly surprising that its writers and directors uh, found it necessary to contemporize bond's on screen persona but which meant what it meant a departure from the character which was written in the books uh, ian fleming's james bond is different from uh, james bond the movie the character of james bond in the movie so fleming ian fleming's james bond is a you know ruthless tough ex navy commander you know rough and uh, who has this male chauvinism who has this rugged charm but the movie bond the albert broccoli's james bond he's a witty you know he's humorous he's debonair he's like a naval officer who has good looks and who has the complete professional manner understated but professional manner and who can seduce women and who can fight off his enemies so the flim bond plays it ruthless but fair and uh, james bond movie uh, or the bond in the movie uh, he always has sarcasm on his sleeves you know he has always these sarcastic one liner to the enemies so these things are not there in these uh, sarcastic one liners and this debonair this witty james bond is uh, not there in uh, you know in ian fleming's books so ian fleming he wrote his novels in 1950s you know and he was a commander in the royal naval volunteer reserve so uh, fleming's books you know they present the reader with the authentic world of espionage the spy world which was 1950 post 1950s but movie producers you know they updated they adapted the character the plot and uh, obviously ian fleming never expected this uh, race between us and soviet union for the space you know the whole moon landing and everything so uh, fleming was not aware about that so the movie james bond movies which came in 1960s were dominated by this particular competition this particular competitive spirit between the two nations as well so <clears throat> uh, although the you know uh, james bond movies were trying to show these space machinery these space competitions uh, but ian fleming did not do that he did not show it So uh 1967 James Bond movie included lots of nin- ninja warriors and all that. So this type of uh, uh aspect was not there in Fleming and why there was this twist because it was in context of the Vietnam war which had by then became the main point of contention between US which was supporting the South Vietnam Vietnamese and USSR which was supporting the communist in the north. <clears throat> then later bond movies you know they had very very important departures from the main themes of the ian fleming's novels like uh, in live and let die there was this increased trafficking trafficking of narcotics and uh, risk of powerful media giant controlling newspaper television online content you know as a thinly disguised rupert murdoch in tomorrow never dies jonathan price space that so broccoli and his hollywood 
partners they never missed an opportunity to capitalize on or shape public opinion so they used james bond to deliver the message in a compelling and entertaining way so james bond became a propaganda agent a propaganda messenger for these movie moguls and fleming never intended his bond to be a propagandist he intended his bond to be a hero but this hero was a propagandist this hero was a state machinery in james bond movies so after the cold war ended the bond franchise had to definitely adapt to new scenarios new situations new characters so uh, in 1993 when a small group of extremists they executed the first large scale terrorist attack on america uh, you know they were trying to put a bomb in world trade center and uh, but it caused six casualties hundreds of injuries 1993 i'm talking about so this terrorism which was never considered an everyday issue in the west it burst into public consciousness because there was no cold war anymore russia was not the enemy anymore so terrorism became the primary focus for these james bond movies so jihad suicide bomber all these things came into the new james bond movies 1999 movie world is not enough you know it also talks about bombing and everything so patriotism was the order of the day and bond intervened bond defeated the terrorists and uh, you know uh, this movie also became a major talking point after the 911 so uh, james bond then he becomes one of the cinema's most iconic and enduring heroes and ian fleming did anticipate that his character could be twisted uh, into different purposes he had anticipated that but uh, and in an interview he had said that ki i don't think that james bond is a good guy or a bad guy who is he's got his vices and very perceptible virtues except patriotism and courage which are not virtues anyway i agree that he's not a person of much social attractiveness but that i did not intend for him to be a likable person he's a cipher a mystery a blunt instrument in the hands of the government so this is what uh fleming was talking about a blunt instrument in the hands of the government and this is what james bond actually became a propagandist so on screen or off screen bond is a ruthless secret agent prepared and licensed to kill for the love of his country he has single mindedness he has superhuman qualities james bond cannot be killed and he has got this timeless appeal with the hollywood and uh, hollywood and it you know it was against communism religious fundamentalism or terrorism all these issues keep on surfacing in james bond movies so uh, class please read the notes which are i'm giving you and if you have any queries please get back to me till my next lecture take care bye